This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to New Life. How you doing? This section's awake. Good morning. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, you clapped it. All right. Good morning. Uh, that might be because we're talking about vulnerability. How many of you maybe shrunk in your chair just a smidge when she said that? <laughs> uncomfortable topic, but it is how we are going out of the Sacred Spaces series with a bang. This is the last week of Sacred Spaces, and I don't know about you, but based on your feedback, I think you might agree with me. I am not ready to see this teaching series go. We have really been challenged by the topics and themes and then the conversations that have sparked up because of this conversation. It is apparent that we are thirsty to understand how to find sacred spaces and how to create them. It is apparent. And I just want to say, I am so blessed and so proud as a community, the feedback that you have given me about the questions that you're asking yourself as relates to this topic, the challenges that you're putting in front of yourself about how you want to apply it. I love that we are a community that wants to get messy in this way. When we say that our society is thirsty for this topic... Thirst can look a couple of ways. Thirst can look like, please, somebody give me the answers. I'm really ready for that. Or thirst can look like, dude, you really need this lesson. Like, (laughs) That's a different form of thirst. And our society at this moment is both of them. We poke at each other. It is hard to find sacred or safe spaces. It is hard to hold dialogues in such a way that tension doesn't raise and that we can coexist when we are different from each other. We're finding that really hard as a society. But what this series and what this community has shown me in the last few weeks is that we are the other kind of thirsty. We are desperate for somebody to help us understand how to go about doing that. And so we have pressed into this idea of sacred spaces. And today we wrap up the series, but I was realizing before I got up here, the fact that I don't really want it to be over may not bode well for you um, and how long today goes. Like... (laughs) I have, there's like so much left to say. I have a timer up here. I promise I will keep an eye on it. So sacred spaces, let's define sacred. We've done this each week, but just sacred, the dictionary's definition of it. These are some of the options. Belonging to God, treated with great respect, never to be infringed on or dishonored. And then we've used a graph that's just been helpful. Ron introduced it on the first week that we're actually sacred spaces is a plural thing because there's two different kinds of sacred spaces. And in order to create this environment that we want so badly in our world, we actually need to understand both of them. Sacred can refer to the overarching thing. When you and I get into a conversation, there's now two people inside of that conversation and that can be a sacred space. But also one of the ways that we make it a sacred space is with the second space that we're referencing, which is each individual person carries a piece of God, an image of God, a reflection of God. God's thumbprint is on each one of us. And when we respect that, it creates the sacred space. So any space, including just one-on-one conversations, can be sacred. But actually, this space, just me, is sacred. Your space, just you, is sacred. So when we're referring to sacred plural spaces, those are the two spaces that we're talking about. And we've said two things so far. I'm going to say the third thing. And here is how we're going to create those sacred spaces. We started with respect, which I just referenced. We're going to respect the individual sacredness. 
We're going to accept, this is what we talked about last week, we're going to expect, accept the individual's right to choose. And the phrase that I used last week was, we've got to stop drawing our lines of acceptance based on agreement. That can't be the foundation of who we choose to accept. We have to stop drawing our lines of acceptance based on agreements. We need to accept the individual's right to choose. And then today, this is a strong word, but it's appropriate. Today, I want to talk about embracing the role that vulnerability plays, which embrace and vulnerability is an uncomfortable bedfellow. Is that a sentence? It's a phrase, right? That's a phrase. Those two things, putting them together. I think most of us think of vulnerability in the sense of um, like a structure that wasn't built correctly is vulnerable to collapse. Like that's a vulnerability. That is a form of vulnerability. Or the vulnerability that I feel when I get trapped in an uncomfortable situation That is also a definition of vulnerability. So the idea of embracing that kind of vulnerability is very uncomfortable. I'd like to say the kind of vulnerability that I want to talk about today is so much more comfortable to embrace, but it is also uncomfortable. But I believe when we choose to embrace vulnerability, and we're going to talk about two ways we do that today, when we choose to embrace vulnerability, it is the trifecta of what can create these sacred spaces, respecting the individual sacredness, accepting their right to choose, and then also embracing the role that vulnerability plays. So you've heard of IQ, which is uh, intelligence quotient. If I got that wrong, that'd be so ironic, wouldn't it, right there? (laughs) (laughs) Intelligence quotient. And then you might have heard of EQ, which is emotional intelligence. And that's just a riff on the whole IQ idea. Today, I want to raise our collective VQ. (laughs) Uh, I want to just talk about what vulnerability is, define it. I want to talk about sharing vulnerability. And then I want to talk about how we receive when someone else has dared greatly enough to share vulnerability with us. Because that is a skill in and of itself. Um, I love that you read Out of Daring Greatly, Diva, because Brene Brown, the author of that book, is the world-renowned expert on vulnerability. And this is her definition. Can I go back? Thank you. This is her definition. Vulnerability is just uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And that last two words is why we shrink back in our chairs. (laughs) That's uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable. And so for the purposes of this talk, this series about sacred spaces, I would like to show the same graph that we've been using, and I want to define it in a specific way for this. It fits right in with Brene Brown. But this graph is the whole sacred spaces graph, but I want to define vulnerability today in light of offering someone access to our sacred space. So one of the sacred spaces is when you and I share a bubble of conversation. The other sacred space is my, just me. Vulnerability for the purposes of today is us lowering the guards on that sacred space and inviting interaction. And that does include emotional exposure. I think those are colorful words. Emotions is one thing. Exposure It is a good description of what it feels like. That can be so shaky to lower the guards around our sacred space and invite connection. But God set the bar on this concept. And this is so fun for me to think about. I hope it is fun for you to think about. But last week we talked about how much God values free will. He put everything on the line for free will. 
Today, in light of this conversation about vulnerability, I want to talk about how vulnerable that was. If vulnerability is submitting yourself in some way, shape, or form to someone else's interaction, when God chose to create us and he chose to give us the right of free will, it made him vulnerable to our rejection. I I know we talk sometimes about God loves us. I know we talk sometimes about the fact that we walk away from God, we choose a different path. I don't know that we talk about God's emotional exposure to us when he lowered his guards and gave us the option of free will and risked our rejection. It is the basis of that sense of connection because if he didn't give us the right to choose, then we can't choose rejection and we can't choose love and there is no connection. God set the bar. Last week I used this Bible verse from Romans, but I want to revisit it again because it's the same exact beautiful description. It's Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we decided he was awesome, before we decided that his way of living is the best way of living, before we were ready to make that connection, while we were running... He risked that. Before he created us, he risked our rejection. He set the bar on emotional exposure. I love that picture. That is our all-powerful God. The creator of the universe made himself vulnerable to you and I. He set the bar. I don't know about you, but I have been incredibly untrustworthy with that emotional exposure. While he was choosing me, while he was lowering the guards to make connection possible, I have railed against him. I have questioned his motives. I have run the other direction. I have rejected his counsel. Any of this sound familiar to you? Maybe as you look at my life, what I meant was in your own life. (laughs) I have struggled to use his emotional exposure in a way that built connection. God sets the bar. He calls us to vulnerability by first doing it himself and then saying, you're going to want this in life. So vulnerability is a a difficult concept because it is um, risky. That's like right in the definition. So today I want to use several statements that talk about what vulnerability acknowledges because we fear things, but then also why it's okay to press forward in that. And so we've defined vulnerability. I want to talk about now sharing vulnerability, but I know we have to get some of this nervous stuff out of the way. So vulnerability acknowledges the safety that my walls provide. There is a reason why we put those walls up. And yet vulnerability respects the power of connection enough to risk lowering it. So vulnerability is not uh, oversharing. Anybody have anybody in the world with diarrhea of the mouth? It's just like, that's not vulnerability. That's not vulnerability because it's not acknowledging the risks and choosing to step beyond that. It is just a habit of oversharing or it is... Um, It it is just a a lack of boundaries. Vulnerability acknowledges the safety that my walls do, but for something greater, some purpose greater than that, chooses to lower them. So when we talk about sharing our vulnerability with someone else, eventually we're going to talk about how to stand on the other side of someone's vulnerability. But when we talk about this, one of the first things for me that comes to mind is, well, is it safe to do that? 
Is it safe for me to lower my guard? So I understand that connection is important, but is it safe? So that begs the question, which comes first, safety or vulnerability? That is a trick. That is a trick question. The answer is yes, because you may say to me a thousand times, oh, you may say to me a thousand times, it's safe, it's safe, go ahead, share with me, it's safe. But it isn't until I actually risk vulnerability that I find out whether it's safe. That's the moment. So I think a lot of us, when it comes to these sacred spaces, are waiting to discover safety with someone before we risk the the vulnerability. But connection is the place where we actually establish that safety. We have to take risks with each other. And today we're going to talk about both sides of the risk. It is risky to share. It is risky to receive. That's what we're going to risk together to create this connection. So I want another statement about what vulnerability both acknowledges and it respects. Vulnerability acknowledges the power that you have to wound me when my walls are down but it respects my own power to agree or disagree. Most of the conversations that I have related to vulnerability, the question is about boundaries. What if I lower my guards and you don't steward that well? You're going to wound me. I better keep my guards up. (laughs) That's what I better do. But if we're going to find a way to create these sacred spaces, we're going to have to take some risks. And one of the safeguards, our first coping mechanism is to put up our walls. That's one safeguard. If we're going to take that coping mechanism down and risk vulnerability, one of the things we need to put into place is respecting our own right to agree or disagree with what feedback we receive when we risk that vulnerability. So if I choose to share a piece of me with you, and you recoil from it. I have a choice in this moment. I can write a narrative about myself that is, oh, that is ugly. I should put that back. (laughs) I should put those walls right back up, cover that up. Or to write a terrible narrative about you. Neither of those creates connection. If we're going to create these safe spaces, we have to be able to find a way to connect even while we disagree, even when we disagree about your assumptions about me. So if I share a piece of me and you recoil, one of my responses can be its own sense of vulnerability, which is you have a right to believe that. You have a right to feel that. But it also doesn't have to mean that I now have to be ashamed of that thing that you think I should have covered up. So vulnerability acknowledges your power to wound me, and it dares great anyway because I understand that I have the power to agree or disagree, and I don't have to poke back in that. I don't have to recoil. I can just stand in my belief of who I am and whose I am and be okay. It's one of the ways we're going to find to risk, to step beyond these guards that we put up that stop the connection from happening. One of the things that's tripping us up is in our society in general. I know you're going to resonate with this because I experience it all of the time. But we have some assumed things. So I'd like to pop up this graph again of uh, this whole sacred spaces business. And often we assume that the thing that's going to draw us together is that we are the same. So we may assume we share the same faith. That's why I chose the crosses version of this. We may assume we share the same faith. So we are the same. So I'm safe with you. But the further we press into vulnerability, 
when we really start sharing together, you discover quickly that while you maybe share the same faith as me, you express it different. You have different beliefs. Sorry, the grammar people in the room are dying. You express it differently. Somebody caught that. (laughs) You express it differently. You believe different things. You are, I mean, there's all these little, you know, certain kind of crosses. And then there's a different kind of cross here. And we, when we press in with vulnerability, we discover that we're different. And we are tempted again to be like, oh, oh, you're that kind of Christian. Oh, okay. And we recoil. We pull ourselves back in. We pull our guards back up and we find our safeness there. We assume sameness, and therefore we are often threatened when we discover that there are differences. But what vulnerability does for us is it presses one thing further. It keeps pressing into connection until we discover again that we are the same, that we are human beings trying our hardest. In this case, if we share the same faith, we are human beings pursuing our faith. We are human beings trying to figure out how to receive love that we don't deserve. We are human beings trying to figure out how to give love when we feel at a deficit of love. Vulnerability moves us through this progression to get us down to a place where we rediscover sameness. My sister is always a great example to me of this concept because if you've met my sister, she and I look a lot alike, we sound a lot alike, and we have the same laugh, which apparently is distinctive because you all comment on it. So we share the same laugh, and we're both big personalities. So when you first meet us, we, everybody assumes sameness, and, and all growing up, people would mix us up, all growing up. We're close enough in age that that happens too. So people assume sameness, but when you press in, you discover we are hardwired pretty much at opposite ends of the spectrum, like pretty different between the two of us. When you press in, you discover differences. If you keep pressing in, you discover sameness again. That is what we need to do with each other, and vulnerability is the path that takes us there. When we talk about the struggle to create sacred spaces with people that we disagree with politically, or people that we disagree with socially, or people that we disagree with because we're related to them and and life has sort of trapped us together and we're not sure how to navigate that. (laughs) When When we say we're struggling to find sacred spaces and to build sacred spaces, what I mean is we're struggling to get here. When I can discover somebody votes completely opposite of me, and I'm probably not the only one that hears, like, dang it, you canceled out my vote. (laughs) If I could create the sacred space and conversation on voting day, get all kinds of ridiculous. But if I discover somebody over here votes completely opposite of me, we have this tendency first to think, well, why are you voting different? Come on. And then we find out how they're voting and we discover that we're different. When we press in, when we use vulnerability, sometimes in these relationships, but sometimes we practice it with people that we share more in common with. When we discover the path of vulnerability and we practice it over and over and over again, it becomes easier and easier and easier to draw those lines of acceptance on a much broader spectrum. Because the more people we are exposed to, the more people we risk emotional exposure, the more often we practice this idea, the easier it is to realize we are the same. 
we are the same. It gets us back to that point where we realize we are each a thumbprint of God. We are the same. People trying our hardest, doing our best, living our values, wanting the best for our children. We are the same. And vulnerability is the path that allows us to both honor and respect this sacred space and then begin to draw the lines of acceptance and sacred in wider and wider circles. Vulnerability is the key. Let's go to a new vulnerability conversation about what it, accept, what it acknowledges and it respects because it keeps bringing us to these places of tension. Vulnerability acknowledges the courage it takes to risk lowering our walls and it respects the honor it is to be invited into those sacred spaces. This is us transitioning over to the conversation about what it takes to receive vulnerability, how to stand on the other side of someone choosing to expose themselves emotionally to us. In order to stand in that space with honor and with safety to create that sacred space, we're going to have to acknowledge that what just happened on the other side of us is full of courage. You know who sets the bar on this? AA. Anybody have any experience with AA, even from a distance? They are known for standing up, sharing their story, and then what happens after they do that? They clap. Everybody claps. The story that was shared is one of brokenness. The story that was shared is one of addiction. The story that was shared is one of deep need. And the room claps. That person hasn't done a darn thing to fix anything. They're not clapping, good on you for fixing it. They're clapping, good on you for vulnerability. That's it right there. Line of acceptance. Line of acceptance. What if our community, what if our community stopped responding to what was shared and simply started responding heart deep to heart deep at the beauty that it is to be shared with. Not what you shared. Maybe that doesn't matter nearly as much as the fact that you did share. This is a different face of vulnerability. Standing on the other side of someone choosing vulnerability, we gotta acknowledge the courage it takes for them to risk lowering their walls and then respect the honor that it is to stand on that other side and be invited in. What a privilege. My word, just pause for a second. I'm not even asking you to be able to visualize yourself succeeding at this. Just dabble with the picture of having someone share something controversial, something difficult, something you disagree with, something you're dying to fix. That's, that's my poison. My poison is share it. I'll totally accept you, but hey, let me get in there and help you fix that. Like that's a, maybe a pastor's disease. I don't know, but I... Like, what if my win is just to stand in that moment that is sacred and honor your courage? That changes our relationships. That seriously has the ability to affect Sonoma County. If those of us in here started to practice that, ripple waves in our local community would run through us. It's a different culture than the one that we experience, and it's one we are totally capable of exploring and playing with and growing in. 
Vulnerability acknowledges the courage it takes to risk lowering their walls and respects the honor it is to stand and be invited into that moment. Do you know what vulnerability's greatest reward is? It's vulnerability. <laughs> the great skill here on receiving vulnerability is choosing vulnerability in return. And maybe one of the ways when we experience vulnerability with someone that is same, when someone lowers their guards and shares something with us that we agree with, it's not that hard to respond in vulnerability. It's not that hard to say, I feel the same way. Don't worry, you're not alone. Like, it's, that's not that hard. That's not the skill we probably need to learn. Maybe, maybe that is the skill we need to learn. But it's much harder when someone lowers their walls and whatever shows up is something we disagree with and we don't know how to respond to. In that case, vulnerability is just two things. You got two options. One, finding the heart space that says we are the same. The more we practice the whole assumed sameness, discovering differences, and then rediscovering sameness, the more often we practice that, the more we cannot respond to what was shared and respond to the fingerprint of God that is on that person. We are the same. And just sit in that moment with them. The other option is to just actually choose vulnerability back and say, I'm not sure how, what to say in response, but I'm here. Thank you for sharing. I'm honored you would choose that. That's its own vulnerability. We like having answers. We, we like having the right response. But vulnerability's greatest reward, when I risk vulnerability with you, the thing I am craving the most is connection. That's why we risk with each other. And vulnerability in response creates that connection. That is the thing that we're craving. So we have some options. If we agree with them, you can run right into that. But even if you don't agree with them, we still have two options of choosing vulnerability in response and creating that safe space. I love the fact that in the creation story, day after day after day, God was like working up some spectacular things. And at the end, he would always say, it is good. He creates the fish. It is good. He creates, I'm not going in order. I'm sorry for my Sunday school teacher from kindergarten. <laughs> he creates the plants. It is good. He creates the mountains. It is good. He creates the sunlight. It is good. He creates man. It is not good. Wait, that's not quite right. Sorry. First, he says it is good. He creates man. He says it is good. And then the story goes a little while longer. The only thing in creation that God said it is not good was for man to be alone. If we don't risk vulnerability, we are alone. It's a tragedy. God looks at it and is like, you don't want that. That's the one thing. It is not good for mankind to be alone. And it is totally possible to be in a room full of people. It is totally possible to be in a family. It is totally possible to be in a conversation and feel alone. And vulnerability is the antidote to that problem. In fact, Brene Brown goes on to say, and this is a strong statement, I'm not going to substantiate a ton of it, but it rings true in my experience. Brene Brown would say, vulnerability is the birthplace for all kinds of good stuff. Love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. That is a strong statement. Those are some serious things I want in my life. 
seriously want my life. And if vulnerability is the birthplace, I'm going to take some risks because I want these things in my life. One of the most uh, poignant teachers in my life on this topic is this movie. You might recognize these pictures. Anybody know this movie? Inside Out. Pixar gets it. (laughs) This movie is stinking awesome. So if vulnerability is like a new topic, you're not sure how to define it, you're not sure how to live it out, I'm going to highly recommend that you watch Inside Out this week because it is an incredibly engaging educator on the topic of vulnerability. This little girl is Riley, and she moves away from the home that she was raised in and from all of her friends out to San Francisco. That's super fun. Congratulations, San Francisco. You ruined pizza. (laughs) Love this movie. So the whole premise of the movie, though, is that these are her emotions. And all the way through the movie, we get the opportunity to see what Joy would say in response to circumstances. This is anger. There's sadness. Such a good movie. Disgust and fear. The movie is so enlightening on our responses to our world. But what I think is so fantastic about it is that her assumption is that joy is always the best response. Joy is always the right response. If I was a, like, she's desperately trying to bring joy to the table all of the time. But the move was not easy. And she is struggling. And the big breakthrough of the movie is that once she lets sadness have a say, she is no longer miserable. Not because her circumstances have changed at all, but the whole climax of the movie is she chooses a vulnerability and it changes everything about her world. And it is not just a movie. This is not one of those happily ever after. It is like, this is real life, you guys vulnerability has to risk rejection, but it is the thing that creates connection. Last week, we did um, an exercise up here on the stage where people held up statements that were not their statements. I assigned them to them, but people held up statements that I asked us as a community, and I don't just mean a church community. I mean, as a community, How safe will we make it? And these statements were things like, I think I might get fired. I'm not sure I want to stay married anymore. I'm questioning my Christianity. They were tough statements. Every single one of them is an honor to be shared with. When we talk about the role that vulnerability can play in a sense of connection, if someone has lowered their cards enough to share one of these things, For us to find a way to stand on the other side of them and risk vulnerability out back. That is where these sacred spaces can begin to pop up in the grocery store. They can pop up with your massage therapist. They can pop up. I don't know why massage, but they can pop up anywhere. That's not part of my day-to-day life. It should be, but (laughs) it's not. What I mean to say is any, anywhere you go, sacred can happen. Sacred can happen with strangers. It happens all the time. I have learned this a ton in the last few years as I have had the courage to show on the inside, show on the outside what is on the inside. The way that I dress does not blend in. I cannot believe how many people risk vulnerability to comment on my clothing in public. And I cannot, for the first long while, I was so uncomfortable that I would reject their compliments. And you could feel a break. 
Have you ever tried to give somebody a compliment and they cannot bring it in? They just cannot sink it in. I couldn't do it. When I learned to respect their opinion and to honor that moment for them by not rejecting it, I can create community and a sacred space in any the gas station. It can happen anywhere. That was a skill to be developed. That's a moment that flashes by in a heartbeat. But man, I cannot tell you. When we go from moment to moment to moment to moment to moment throughout our day, creating a sense of connection with people, it's a beautiful way to live. It is a beautiful way to live. And it was what God always had in mind for us. I would, so God sets the, the bar on vulnerability. I'd like to talk about Jesus for just a second, who was God in the flesh. I'd like to read from a, verses in Philippians, which are so, I love this chapter, Philippians 2. And I, could I get some help because I love the chapter, but it's not memorized. All right, Philippians 2, 5 to 8. In your relationships with each other, that is what we are talking about here, sacred spaces. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not even consider equality with God something to be used for his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This is the all-powerful, all-present God of the universe conf- Constricting himself to a human being. You want to talk about vulnerable. What must that have felt like? I can be anywhere at any time and multiple places at one time. And I am choosing to make myself vulnerable to the point of sickness, of growing pains, of like all the human ick that we have. That God made himself vulnerable by becoming Jesus. That, again, is setting the par pretty darn high. The God of the universe makes himself vulnerable to become Jesus. But it goes on. There's another face of vulnerability that Jesus sets the bar on. And being found in appearance as a, as a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is another level of vulnerability. It is one thing to say, I will take my awesomeness and smash it into a confined human It is another thing to say, I'm going to go ahead and let mankind kill me. You want to talk about emotional exposure, that's also physical exposure. That is incredible vulnerability. Jesus set the bar on vulnerability. So the last sacred space I would like to talk about as we wrap up this series is my favorite. The most sacred space you could possibly encounter is a personal relationship with that God. You want to find a place where you fit, where you belong, where you can be 100% yourself, where it is safe to pull the guards down and never risk rejection. It's that relationship. The God of the universe who made himself vulnerable by offering us free will to offer us the opportunity to choose him or to reject him who then confined himself in a human body and let himself be killed on our behalf. That God is safe. He knows how to interact with your vulnerability. He knows how to share of himself in a way that makes it sacred for you to engage. When we choose this relationship, he makes a promise. I'd like to go over that promise. It comes out of Romans. 
And it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You never, ever have to risk a response to your vulnerability that makes it unsafe. This is the ultimate sacred space. If you have never stepped into that, it is not a complicated thing. It is a choice. This is the God of the universe who has the ability, who is actually crafted right into your person. Whether you have chosen to be his child or not, you are his child. You are his creation. If you want to step into that relationship, it is simply a matter of choosing. It is simply a matter of believing that this God exists and wants to connect with you. I want to invite you to do that this morning. For all of us, I want to challenge us to link arms and to raise our collective VQ. Dare greatly with each other. Stand in honor when others expose themselves emotionally to you. Choose to see the sameness. You will not regret it. The connections are like nothing else this life has to offer. Nothing else. I know it's risky. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.